Bendigo Business Stories podcast, produced by B Bendigo, acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to our Mental Health and Wellbeing series as part of the Bendigo Business Stories podcast, proudly produced by B Bendigo and supported by the Victorian Government. Wellbeing at work is becoming increasingly important for a new generation of post-pandemic workers. Join me, your host Kimberly Finesse, as we talk to local experts, leaders and business operators about stories of well-being, resilience and good business practices. More and more professionals, and especially micro and small business owners, often operate from the heart of their home. Their path is not without challenges. The isolation, the self-reliance, the financial struggles, and the constant juggling of work, personal, and family life. It's a tough balancing act. That's where this podcast comes in. We're here to tell their stories and to recognize what it takes to not only survive, but thrive in business. We look forward to introducing you to our special guests. Hello, Tony and Deb. Thank you for joining me as a guest to talk about business longevity as part of our mental health and wellbeing series. Why, thank you. It's great to be here. It's our first two guest show here. This will be interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See if I can get a word in. Well, (laughs) do you know what, Tony? I was thinking about this as I was driving in. I'm going, I'll start with Tony. I'll ask him the first question. And then you'll feel like you've answered to start with. All right. We'll see where I've it went. <laughs> Obviously, I know you quite well, Deb, and your story, uh, having interviewed you a couple of times and being able just to be around you. And there's a mentorship that comes from that. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But yourself, Tony, like I actually don't know too much of your career journey. Do you want to tell me a little bit sort of pre-Oliver Birch? Ooh, quite a diverse career journey. Um, I actually started off nursing and worked for, as a nurse, a lot of agency stuff, playing football all around Australia, then joined the police force and was in the police force for 15 years, a lot of specialist areas and ended up back in Bendigo and uh, met the lovely Deb and and then all of a sudden I had to learn to become a barista with our cafes <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Oliver Birch from there. Nursing and being a police officer, they're very community-minded jobs you know looking after people as such what is it that attracted you to that industry yeah interesting question I think when you're younger you don't necessarily think about what you're doing I loved PE I loved first aid those sort of things when I was at school and nursing was just one of those um, jump into it and it carries on through you know the cafes and and now Oliver Birch is is that caring for people and and community it's just part of you it's who you are. I was going to ask the transferable skills to uh, from nursing and being a police officer to being a barista <laughs> and working in at Oliver Birch, but I think you've nailed it with it's caring for people. Yeah, and look, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, all the skills are transferable and if you can relate to people, you can relate to people. So you love to have a good chat? Um, not as much as Deb, but, gonna... uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, look, care for people and you know, family and friends and everything like that. So, yeah. I think he's being a bit humble there. If you talk to most of his friends, they'll say, you know, Tony Max, great bloke, always there for you. It's not just family, it's friends as well. And um, also, you know, our team, you know, they can always rely on. 
on tone. You two make such a good team. You really do. Deb, tell me, when did your business journey start? Oh, well, I was um, quite young when I came to Bendigo. I started work at 15, managed to be a manager by 18, and then by 23, I bought my first business. So from there, I went into Bendigo Bank. um, And then when I was uh, on maternity leave, I decided at the time to open um, a cafe, Cafe LA. Which a lot of women do with maternity leave. Like it opens up that space for them to go, what can I do that's flexible, Mm. you know, with kids? And obviously Cafe LA is not as it is today, but it's an icon of Bendigo. I think if you've been here for long enough, you know exactly where it is and, and how long it's been there. How did you go in then to running a cafe and you ran another one, didn't you, after yeah, that, that? Yeah. Well, we had um, Cafe Lay and then we opened the Gallery Cafe. So that's when Tone came on board and um, we had a great time setting that up. We had a fabulous team and you talk about longevity, literally got to do with the people that, that you surround yourself with and you can share your vision and create their vision and it all comes together. You take people on a journey and that's what we like to do. And one of the things we've found is that over the years, like you you might have a, a 15, 16-year-old kid from um, work experience and then all of a sudden they're part-time and casual with you and then at 20, 22, they, they're off into work or they've um, finished uni and they go to Melbourne and then they come back to Bendigo and then they come back and work for us. And, like, we've had that so many times with people that have worked for us two or three times. And it's like our Melbourne store... It's a centre that runs that. Started with us, she was about 18. She's now in her 40s and she's a partner in the Melbourne business and worked for us three or four times over the years. So it's it's that journey with people and, yeah, they're they're like your kids. Yeah. What I'm picking up on is the type of leadership that you then bring to that business. You know, it doesn't sound hierarchical. It sounds quite... You know, it's family. Everyone gets in and does the jobs. Because, Deb, would you still do, you know, your admin jobs and answering the phone and that sort of stuff? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I still clean the toilet. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Not above it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, what sort of leadership style do you think you would have then? How would you describe it? Is that what keeps your staff happy? Well, I think it is because it's the autonomy that you give to them. So I think, you know, like there's leadership that people really focus on. Like I never actually think about myself as a leader. And I know that when I was nominated for the Business Woman of the Year in Bendigo, they talked a lot about leadership and I could never see myself as that because I see Rob Hunt as a leader. Like he's my inspiration. He was just, you know, the most amazing man and most amazing leader. And it's really difficult to see yourself at that, to pinpoint that. So I just take people on a journey. And what I do is I get really inspired by loyalty. If people have the same aspirations as I do, and that's customer service and having high expectations of the people around them. So it's really a respect, trust, and giving that um, autonomy to do their job and look not everybody will do it exactly the way you want it but it's always to me it's been an 80-20 rule so 80% is fabulous 20% is okay well that's okay if it goes 
down to 7.30, I might have to have a chat. <laughs> but, you know, like at, most of us want to please our bosses and, and I want to please them so as a boss. So it it's, works both ways. Yeah. And that's been consistent throughout your whole business career. Mm, it, yeah, definitely has. Yeah. So, yeah. What about during COVID? How did you find that? Or even post-COVID, have you found people with their mental health and well-being and sort of the extra stuff that they bring to work? Has that been more challenging for you both? Not really. No. Um, the team's pretty grounded. And as... Deb said, like, we give them a lot of autonomy and it's like having a, a kids. You let them try and then, and if they fall down, you pick them up, you're there for them and they know that you're there for them all the time. And I think that's probably one of the, the key strengths that, and haven't thought about this before, but one of the key strengths that we, we do have is that if something happens with team member, then we're there and they know that we'll jump in and, and do their role if, if they need time off. You know, it might be a family matter or, or whatever it may be. We're always there for them. Yeah, so COVID really, because the warehouse kept on running, because logistics and um, containers and everything like that were always on the go. And we did little things like people would buy a, a glasshouse candle as a gift for their parents or a friend that was, you know, by themselves. And, you know, I'd run around town on the Vespa and... And knock on the door and leave the candle at the, the front door and people would look and say, who the hell are you? And, oh, this is from Oliver Birch and it's from Kimberly, the person that, that has given the gift. Yeah. So. And every time they light that candle, they think of that friend yeah. as well. Yeah. Candles just have so much power sometimes, I think. Oh, definitely. I'm a huge scent person. Oh, that's from the beauty therapy background. I think it can really impact the way you feel about things. It can bring up certain memories. It can make home feel like home. Um, so, yeah, even a candle's just a good gift to give. Yeah, you know, everybody's, you know, buying gifts and things like that. And, you know, like, and what we do is almost like, we're giving a gift by having a, a place like Oliver Birch. You know, like it, there's um, so much joy and seeing people get so much joy out of shopping and coming to us and, you know, like and then being able to you know, give that gift onwards, even with purchasing. You know, like it's not just about selling an item. It's, you know, like it's like I always say, you know, I want people to love what they've purchased at Oliver Birch. You know, hey, isn't this great? I bought this from Oliver Birch. That is our, you know, our thing. And, um, you know, it's really, really important. And that comes down to that wanting to give all the time. And we get a, our rewards from the customers. So. Oh, nice. We actually haven't spoken about how you came to launch Oliver Birch. I think it's such a good story. <laughs> Can you share that with us? Well, basically, we loved the space of where J-Half Furniture used to be. And we'd sold the cafe and we had the four kids and, you know, we thought, you know, selling the cafe would give us more time with the kids. But they got to that stage, they were teenagers, they actually didn't want us. <laughs> anyway, the time came to... I worked for a couple of people and I was like, this is not me. Did some... Um, worked for Nice doing um, training and that wasn't me. So ticked off a few boxes in a short... 10 months and then woke up one morning and said to Tone, congratulations, you're the new owner of JR Furniture. And uh, he rolled his eyes. Went down, and, went down and had a look and said, OK, how am I going to make this work? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much how we, we do it. Deb's, yeah. Deb's the right brain. Um, I've got a little bit of right brain. Yes, you have. But 
um, a lot of the time it's, she's the ideas person, I make it happen. How do I, how do, I do this? How do we do this? Uh, and what needs to be done to make it a success? Or, you know, even if it's just a renovation within the shop or things like that, so. Yeah, so we just started. We literally took over the space February 2010. And I remember sitting there and it was 37 degrees and it was like, oh, there's no fans, no air conditioning. It was just a dusty old shed. We were like, what have we done? Anyway, we had a wonderful friend that I asked to mentor us and he said yes and he'd been in furniture. So he walked in the door and said, right, let's get going, let's get this place sorted. He uh, took us down to Melbourne, introduced us to some furniture uh, manufacturers, bought a couple of big truckloads and off we went. And then as I was selling all the kind of cheaper low-end stuff, time was renovating. We got to about June and thought, hmm, what are we going to call it? And I always loved birch trees and I loved olive trees. Anyway, we threw lots of names around and at the end of the day, it came up, Oliver Birch and Year Search. And I've got a good friend that uh, helped me with that once as well. So it's a combined role. Does she take royalties? Well, yes. <laughs> Comes in, yeah. glass house candle every now and then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, and they're, they're a great couple. They've been our friends for a really long time and we couldn't. Yeah, like they've always supported us in whatever we do, although she said she'll kill me if I open another business because they helped us with Melbourne as well. It, that's the thing though, isn't it? You can't do it on your own. I mean, you obviously have each other, which is almost, you know, a step up from what most solo business owners have, but what sort of support do you have around you in terms of you know, maybe mentors, business coaches, friends in business? What does it look like? Each year we've always done something in professional development. So um, we've done a lot of things with a lot of different people over the years. As you say, it's friends um, that understand. Like when we were setting up, Deb would be down in Melbourne and good mate Jeff and Lee Adams, Jeff and I would be renovating and, and some Sundays, like I'd just leave the front door open at, at um, the building and I'd be up and scissor lift with nail bag and people would walk in and say, oh, you're open? I'd say, no, but that's fine. Just have a look around and let me know and they'd, want something and I'd lower the scissor lift and nail bag on and yeah, do the sale, take the receipt book home that night and say, Deb, I did $3,000 today. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, how good with that, the but, old days? But people just loved it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was dirty, I had paint everywhere and things like that and they didn't care. It was just basic customer service and, and having a, um, going back to your original question, you know, having those few select people around you that you can bounce things off just makes such a difference. We literally didn't know what was going to happen. We really winged it, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but look where winging it has got you. <laughs> like, honestly, it's massive. You have the Melbourne store as well. And the thing with Oliver Birch is, obviously, if someone's local to Bendigo, they know where it is, what it has and who owns it. And I think the great thing is that you are such well-respected people within the community and because you do a lot of community stuff as well and, and maybe that's part of it too. Well, Tony is um, born and bred Bendigo so he's, you know, been through the school, been through the footy teams, all the sports and then with our four kids he became the basketball coach, the footy coach, 
<laughs> and I think it's... And that's why we support local communities. So, you know, we, we don't hesitate, you know, like that we, um, we get asked, you know, probably ten times a month, you know, like, can you donate to this charity or, to, you know, like to the sporting things or whatever. We can't do it all, but we do do a lot. And, um, and then also, you know, with the fundraising that we've done in store and, you know, when we couldn't do that through COVID, you know, we'd, yeah, donate because we couldn't um, give our time, we'd donate um, funds. So, you know, and that's what it's about in community because, you know, we're nothing without our community. Mm. Now, your kids are all grown up now, mm. but how did that balance go for you? Was there, is there any tips that you can share in how you made that work? It's like driving a racing car without a steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) And they've all, you know, they've all grown up well. They haven't been, you know, too traumatised by mum and dad owning, you know, a business. Yeah. No, they've been, look, we've been really lucky because blended family, kids together um, at an early age. And look, we've got three that live up on the Gold Coast and they're within 10 minutes of each other. And Sundays they have, if, if they're all about... Um, they have family breakfasts and, and they'll invite other kids or other friends that haven't got any family up there to the breakfasts. And so, you know, and we, we, we'd wake up some Saturday mornings and we might have ten kids in the house. None we'd of always, <laughs> always leave um, the, the back door open and we'd have kids everywhere and then we'd be trying to find ours and sometimes they were home and sometimes they weren't. <laughs> And we just put the barbie on and and cook and brekkie and and yeah, it, it was it was almost like a safe house for a lot of our kids' friends. So. Do you look at yours now and what they're doing up on the Gold Coast in terms of you know having that Sunday family thing and inviting everyone around? Are you proud? Like, can you see oh, both of yourselves yeah. in that? Like, that's just yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we've just got back from seeing the, the three kids because one lives in Bendigo still. Um, and, yeah, we're just yeah, super proud and just love them. It's great. So Gold Coast, December, how do you make that happen in retail? Well, the journey has been long, but I've got to say I'm pretty proud to I can actually step back um, for the first time in uh, 13 years. It's been since we opened Oliver Birch, or 13 and a half years. It'll be coming up, yeah. After going through COVID and not having enough staff, we now have plenty staff, and I'm uh, catching up on on, uh, on time away. But generally, with retail, what happens is that all your planning starts in February. So we start buying in February for the Christmas shop, for summer, and then uh, in August we do all the buying. And usually by the end of August, all the buying is done. So that's the hardest part. The next part is is all the stock coming in and we'll get it in gradually. And so that's when the warehouse steps up. So October we set up the Christmas shop. So that's a lot of work. October, all the stock comes in end of September, October. So by the end of October, the store is full. And then we just get bits and pieces in and then we've got to um, make sure our sales team are right. So it's getting the right people on the floor that have the same vision as what we do, that are customer-focused, that's really, really important. They have to be really caring. They have to understand um, the product um, and also understand the customer's needs. So it's all the planning before that. So usually by the last week in November, 
is the best time to have off before the 1st of December. So once the first weekend of December hits, that's it. You switch on to Christmas mode. I tell the girls they put, they've got to put the Christmas songs on, but I haven't been there and I don't think I heard it. <laughs> I better get onto that. <laughs> yeah, we've, oh gosh, Christmas carols. I don't know. I, there's a bit of Grinch in me, I will yeah. say, that I'm happy to leave it till Christmas Day maybe. Yeah. Um, but I'm also that person that leaves their Christmas lights up outside <laughs> all year round now. Yeah. Well, they do look pretty. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm not getting up on that roof again to get them down. <laughs> Kimberly, I think it, Deb's answer comes back to one of your first questions is that team that, you know, might be over a number of years that you've developed that relationship with, you totally trust them and that gives us that small window of, of opportunity to get away for, you know, three or four days or a week. Um, if, we, if we didn't develop that team, if we didn't have such wonderful people, and it's almost like, a, you know, you talk about going to see our kids, well, we've left our other family, which is our team, um, to, to look after... Um, our baby. Our baby, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is the shop. Yeah. yeah. When you say that you've sort of started at the start of the year to get all that product in, given the current economy at the moment, how does that feel, you know, having seen those interest rate rises happen throughout the whole year, and this is when you're already... You're loading up, thinking, OK, what's December going to look like? I mean, obviously, we've had a little bit of reprieve this month, which is fantastic, but... How do you manage that? Well, that has been the biggest challenge because the ups and downs has only been ups. So we haven't actually experienced any downs in our business yet, which, you know, like we've got to be extremely grateful for that. I mean, we do put a lot of work into diversifying the business and the old uh, word that came through COVID was pivot. <laughs> and I've always done that fairly well, not just in COVID but prior when multinationals have come into town and and taken a bit of our pie or a large portion of our pie so we haven't had any lows yet so coming through with all the buying um, and you have to have that already done and assume that you're going to have a bumper year and through that year you see some humps and it and they're you know negative humps so that starts to to you, you start to get worried about that and you, you try and work out what you can do. But the thing with this downturn is that everybody's in it. So you don't think about yourself. What I think about is all the other small businesses that are not as perhaps as developed or as big as ours and you see those small businesses really struggling and you see those beautiful business owners that have had a dream you know, start to crumble, that's what keeps you going because you go, well, I'm not even going to think about where we're at. What I want is for these businesses to to grow because that's what makes the community. You know, just walking down here from Oliver Birch to B Bendigo makes me really sad. And, you know, like, and that's, you know, I've been in business here in Bendigo for 35 years um, and, you know, we were, had Café Lay for 15 years in Mitchell Street, which was just booming business. And, you know, we had all the businesses around us. And I looked down that street in that small area and two or three of the businesses had closed. 
you know, I look across the street and what used to be a thriving area is closed. And that has been for, you know, not just COVID, but, um, you know, to do with the changing landscape of the road, um, the parking, you know, and also just in general people buying online. So it's, it's out of our control, really. The thing is that, you know, we love to see the centre of Bendigo having vibrant businesses and diverse businesses that people want to come to and they want to walk down the street, they want to spend time uh, in the Mel, uh, in Mitchell Street, in Hargrave Street, in Bath Lane, surrounding areas, Williamson Street. Small business is, is just such a key to Benigo's economy. It absolutely is, yeah. I think people do forget about how much small businesses puts back into the community. You know, I know the amount of, um, you know, donations that we give to all the, the small clubs and things like that. It's really important, you know, that, that we have small businesses because the bigger nationals don't. You know, they might give to, you know, other um, areas of, you know, Victoria or Australia, but we're talking about the, you know, your local footy game, your, your fate, school fate, all that type of thing. It's just so important that we keep supporting these businesses so they can give back to you. So I don't know how that's going to end. At Right at this moment, it is a little bit sad. It is. It is tough to walk through the mall and has for quite some time. This isn't a this year thing. We know that. And that's a whole bigger conversation. But, um, you know, it's the fact that you've had longevity and I suppose how, did, how do you keep getting through each year? You know, we have had the pandemic. We've got you know, the economy at the moment and interest rate rises. Is this the toughest year you've had in, for you, Deb, it's 35 years of business. Mm. Is this the toughest year? No. Really? Not mentally. Oh, wow. Not mentally. I like that little bit. Why? Why not mentally? Because we have been through some um, tough years, but we chose it to be tough because when we first, you know, opened Café LA, we opened it without any money. We, um, we relied on Sanders Trustees because it was a, um, the Bacchus estate. They helped us, um, you know, put in uh, electricity, water, cupboards, whatever, and we came up with a little bit of cash and we developed. So every time, every year, we'd put money back into the, that business and we have done the same thing with Oliver Birch. We started with minimal input. We had to buy all our product so we sold our rental property, which wasn't worth much back then. You know, that's um, 13 years ago. But we made that decision. That was a sacrifice we made. So we chose to gamble ourselves. So we've always been in control, but it's been tough years because we've chose it and we've made sure that we've um, put money aside for the business. We've always made sure that we've paid our staff. We've always made sure that we've paid our suppliers before we've paid ourselves. Kids got sick of two-minute noodles, though. <laughs> yeah, because they were used to Cafe LA food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, there'd be lots of children of small business owners that yeah. would um, eat two-minute noodles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mine are familiar with it. Yeah. It's, it's how you push through those hard times, though. Um, like, Tony, do you have any advice? Do they need to diversify, you know, look at their stock? Or how do they – because, I mean, it's always, it's always going to get better. 
It really is. This is just a patch, isn't it? <laughs> look at me yeah. asking. <laughs> just I need reassurance, don't you? <laughs> this is just a patch. <laughs> yeah. It, look, it, there's always cycles in business, isn't there? And it doesn't matter whether you've had a pandemic or not. There's always that that cycle that just continues. Um, f- for us, is just really trusting in ourselves, having a look and taking stock and being there when we need to be there, and working those all the hours working all the weekends, you know, having people that want to come down from Swan Hill on a Sunday to pick up their sofa and being there at the, the warehouse to, to help them out. Uh, all those sort of things, just, yeah, it's just the hard work, time and effort, believing in yourself, trusting in each, each other and turning up, show up. I just would love to do a event with both of you, have you on a panel, it's been too long since we've had one of these, I think, and there'd be people that'd have so many more questions for you. I do. I knew it should be a two-part, three-part series, or maybe we just need a Tony and Deb podcast series, <laughs> a whole season, uh, because you do have so much business knowledge, both of you. Uh, what I would like to ask to wrap us up, though, is becoming a favourite question, and that is, if you had one ask, what would it be? We... <sighs> And genuinely, don't really. We don't want big flashy cars. We don't want all the the trimmings and things like that. Yeah, it's just. We that, feel that, that's really a hard grateful. One. We're for just what grateful we have. for what we've got. Yeah. I don't think we yeah. really. We I, love, I, love I can't our answer life. that question because I'm really grateful for the life that Tony and I have together. Well, I am really grateful for. Um, you know, having the opportunities and having the ability to actually create a business like Oliver Birch, like sometimes I have to pinch myself, like I really do. And then I have to pinch myself all the time of having this man who sits beside me to support me all the time. You know, we've got four beautiful kids. We've got two beautiful grandchildren. We've got great friends. And when we go to Queensland, the kids go, come on, Mum and, you know, Dad, please move up, please move up. And we come back to Bendigo and we go, we love Bendigo. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we love our house. We love our friends. We And then I walk into Oliver Birch and go, oh, my God, Oliver Birch, the end of my search. I don't need anything else. We need, you know, we have been having a little bit more extra time off and we need to keep doing that for our mental health. Um, We did put in too many hours for too long and we did suffer from that and it's really important that people go, stop, what do you need to do? You know, what do we need to do to help uh, keep us going? And we are both high achievers, (laughs) so I think we're in competition with each other (laughs) in the early days. (laughs) Although sometimes when it was hard, you know, on a Monday night... I'd get home and we'd go out for dinner at the Queen's or somewhere like that and I'd come home and I'd be like Sir Les Patterson. <laughs> so, and we all go through those stages where it, it's, it's hard, but we generally we, we don't want for much. We're so blessed to have what we've got. Um, and as long as our kids are, are, are fine, as long as our team's fine, you know, we, we don't need to make... Lots of lots of money. We've, we're happy. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, it's just really important to think about what you've got now. And be grateful and, for it. And be grateful. And not what you haven't got. 
And, yeah, like a weekend away is awesome. (laughs) Because when you – for 35 years I worked weekends. And so when I get a weekend off, and I have had plenty lately, touch wood, (laughs) um, I feel really grateful just that. I'm not surprised by that answer. Uh, Anyone that knows you both wouldn't be either. Yep, that is – just so authentically yourselves. Um, thank you for the uh, all the emotions, Deb yep. and Tony. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Deb, I want to circle back to the, the top where you mentioned that you don't see yourself as a leader, yep. that you obviously look at Rob Hunt uh, as your leader and your inspiration. Just so you know, there are so many... <laughs> Hang on. See, if I don't look at you, I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, there are so many of us that actually look up to you uh, as our leader. Uh, just in terms of your business knowledge, how you go about business, your willingness to share that knowledge, that's that's what it is. You know, you don't keep it for yourself. You're sharing it and helping us be better business women. And I say women because I'm speaking on my own behalf here. But there are also other people in the community that would say the same. So thank you. And Tony, we had an event uh, recently and you stood up and spoke at that event as well. And, you know, even I get emotional when I talk to you now. (laughs) You know, I think just um, knowing both of your stories and just what an incredible team you make and you're so lucky to have each other and, um, yeah, comes through in business. Thank you. Yep. Hope you have an absolute bumper Christmas. Awesome. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks, Kimberly. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review via our socials or connecting with us online at bbendigo.com.au.